It's time for another episode of the Food Apocalypse Now podcast. I'm Chris from Food Apocalypse Now, a revelation of all things food, and the Food Apocalypse Now podcast, a revelation of all things Food Apocalypse Now. Uh, welcome back to the show, and uh, this week we're going to be talking about uh, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time and one of my favorite dishes of all time. I love chili. Um, it wasn't always that way. When I was a little kid, my mom would make chili and like, I would eat the beans out of it and I would do that begrudgingly. But somewhere along the way, I became a huge fan of chili and I've actually got, uh, I don't do many of my own personal recipes because I, I, you know, I just kind of freewheel when I'm in the kitchen sometimes and don't really have a recipe per se, or I'll do something and I don't write down what I do, but, uh, some, and then that way, whenever I make, whatever I make, it'll always turns out a slightly different a variation of what it was before but one of the things i've uh grown to love is i i came up with a chicken chorizo black bean chili and it's the only recipe i have right now on the food apocalypse now a blog so check it out foodpocalypsenow.com check out the blog it's one of the last blogs i haven't been blogging as much lately i it, you know covid kind of screwed things i'm horrible about making time to do stuff like this i've got a day job and i i I want to, you know, try to build this into something, you know, not necessarily thinking I'm going to get rich or famous or anything like that, but I, I just like sharing my love of food and my love of other things uh, with people. So, you know, I started the website, kind of an expensive hobby, but, uh, but I haven't been blogging as much. I can't blame it all on COVID because I, you know, just, I get caught up. I got a day job. I've got a life, you know, I got married last year. I got to, you know, we moved uh, put an addition on our place. It's just a lot of things and a lot of excuses not to blog. But, uh, but you know, things are starting to get back to normal, getting back to regular, and uh, I need to start blogging more. But I digress. But anyway, you can check out my black bean uh, or a chicken chorizo and black bean chili on foodpocalypsenow.com on the blog. And uh, um, I decided the other day just to make some regular chili. And the the recipe I use for the chicken chorizo black bean chili is a good base for any chili. Uh, you just, you know, you change it to whatever you want. Like for me, I would use that base, the, the amounts of sauce and onions, stuff like that, and then just not do chicken chorizo, just do ground beef, uh, stuff like that. So I, I did this here a few weeks ago. I made a batch of chili and, uh, you know, tomato sauce, all the regulars, uh, ground beef, uh, chopped up onions, uh, did uh, a bit of uh, chili powder, uh, garlic powder, onion powder, stuff like that, uh, cayenne. I put uh, a bunch of diced jalapenos in it because I like things hot, some some diced green chilies, things like that, and uh, shared it with my father-in-law, and he loved it. And right now, he's kind of in a precarious predicament where he had to get his, most all of his teeth pulled uh, to prepare for a surgery. And, uh, you know, he's, he's gone through that and he's done well, but he just hasn't gotten dentures yet. So, you know, every, every meal that he eats, it's gotta be something that he can just mash up easily without any teeth. So, and he really liked, he likes hot things as well. And he really liked my chili. So I'm making a special batch for him this weekend and kind of excited. I was, I might, you know, I'm making this special for him, but, uh, I, I might have to sneak a bowl for myself because I just love chili. I love love heat. And, and the recipe that I've got, maybe I'll have to uh, to write down this recipe and share it on the website as well because uh, I love 
I love hot things. I like spiciness, but I don't like it so hot that I can't enjoy it. I don't like it so hot that I can't enjoy the flavors and and the chili I made. And hopefully, I can recreate it. I remember exactly how I did it the last time, but uh, it just got a lot of lot of flavor. And uh, and yeah, maybe maybe I'll have to have to share that. And uh, like I said, the the food blog at Foodpocalypse now has always been more about me sharing my food experience, going out to different restaurants, going out and trying different foods different places uh, but I haven't you know it's not just that it's I'm not relegated to just that it's my blog I can do whatever I want and uh, I, I you know I'm gonna try and, and do some recipes from time to time things that I've uh, conjured up on my own or, or maybe uh, you know who, who knows? Uh, I'm trying to trying to come up with some ideas for. I'm not sure if we're going to do a video series or a uh, a podcast. I think it's probably going to be more of a podcast. My wife uh, loves uh, getting recipes off Pinterest and then kind of tweaking them and curtailing them. We might uh, do some reviews of, of what she's done there. Who knows? But anyway, going to start sharing a little more than just restaurant reviews and and dish reviews from restaurants and going to start to, uh, you know, maybe putting some more recipes on the website. Uh, that seems to be what everybody wants is recipes. <laughs> and I promise I won't bore you with two pages worth of me prattling on and droning on about God knows what. I'm just going to get a little breakdown of what we're doing and straight to the recipe so you know no no foss no moss but at any rate i'm making chili this weekend and uh, one of the things i did uh this week this past week is enjoyed some uh, wrestling documentaries yeah of course one of the things that i love in life is wrestling i'm not as into it today as i used to be back in the day back in the 80s and 90s uh you know the the rock and wrestling in the 80s and then the attitude era with the wwe and the monday night wars in the 90s uh was such a, a great time to be a wrestling fan and and today's wrestling is just kind of a far cry from that there's still good wrestlers out there there's still good wrestling there's still good gimmicks and good uh, you know rivalries and things like that but it just doesn't have that uh, je ne sais quoi that it used to have back in the day uh, but I do love to watch some of these new uh, documentaries they're doing of course Vice has been doing that dark side of the ring for I think they're in their second or third season I can't remember but They've been doing that. Uh, Annie has started doing these biographies on WWE wrestlers. Uh, got to watch the Rowdy Roddy Piper one, the Macho Man Randy Savage one. But the one I was really looking for, and looking forward to, was the one on the Ultimate Warrior. Uh, Ultimate Warrior, when he came out in the late uh, late 80s, was everything that I I loved. You know, I was uh, I was a kid listening to heavy metal. And, you know, I didn't have long hair at the time, but I was trying to get, convince my mom to let me grow my hair long. And that's what the Ultimate Warrior was. He was, uh, you know, neon colors. And he came out to that heavy metal song. And he had the long hair and the face paint. And he snorted and shook the ropes. And it was just everything that a teenage boy thought was cool. And, uh, you know, now looking back, did he wrestle was he a great technical wrestler? No, but that wasn't his shtick. You know, he wasn't Bret Hart. You know, he wasn't going to, you know, wrestle a, uh, a technical uh, match with a ton of different holds and submissions and things like that. He, he played the power game. That's what he was all about. Hulk Hogan uh, built his whole career. Hulk Hogan wasn't the best 
wrestler, but he had a great gimmick and he knew how to work a match. And I, I, the Ultimate Warrior, you know, I think, did he have some, some bad matches? Of course, a lot of wrestlers have bad matches, but, you know, he had some really good ones as well. And he had a look and he had an energy that just drew people to them. And you probably got a lot of people these days that sit there and bemoan the Ultimate Warrior now because they're they're comparing to what he did back then to what guys are doing now, you know, five-star matches and all that crap. But, uh, but you know, those same people that are bemoaning him now were they had the Ultimate Warrior wrestling buddy back in the day. They were trying to paint their face like him for Halloween, and uh, they're just <laughs> they're just putting on a front right now. But at any rate, uh, Ultimate Warrior was one of those guys when the first time, kind of like the Undertaker. From the first time I saw him, I'm like, wow, that's cool. And uh, Ultimate Warrior, you know, run into the ring, top speed. You know, he did the gorilla press and the splash onto him for his finisher uh the the splash seemed kind of lame but no more lame than hulk hogan's leg drop as a finisher but uh but he you know he had a, a great look and a great energy and it was just some of the some of my favorite uh events and gimmicks uh, from the late 80s, early 90s, it involved the Ultimate War. I loved the fact that he, you know, the, the big rivalry with him and Hercules Hernandez, and Hercules always had that chain, and they did the tug of war, and they snapped the chain. Just always, uh, I always remember that, and I just thought that was so cool back then. They snapped the chain, not even thinking it was probably doctored, but you who who that you know those are just uh minor details but doing that you know when they introduced earthquake into the wwf uh they did ultimate warrior was uh i think it was ultimate warrior and dino bravo they had they were having a push-up competition and dino bravo i believe it was him uh did the push-up with uh, john tenna uh who came from the crowd and and then of course ultimate warrior had to do a push-up with him on his back and uh, and then of course uh who became john tenna who became earthquake uh kind of squashed him and and that was just so memorable that uh you know it's just some of those little things they weren't even matches but just some of the memorable events that involved the ultimate warrior and of course uh one of the greatest matches of all time was ultimate warrior uh and hulk hogan at wrestlemania 6 i mean we were living in north carolina at the time what was it 1990 and uh you know when we lived in pennsylvania we didn't have we didn't have much. We weren't buying pay-per-views, but we get got down there. My dad found new work and had some money coming in, so he let us get that pay-per-view because I wanted to see Ultimate War. Could he take the belt from Hulk Hogan? Because at that time, you know, Hulk Hogan had the belt for like three plus years, and it just Hulkamania was starting to get a little stale for me as a kid. You know, I I was all about it. I'm a real American uh, when I was younger, and say your prayers and eat your vitamins and and all that jazz. But then after a while, it just kind of got old. And, you know, I wanted, I was growing up and I wanted something a little more edgy. And Ultimate Warrior provided that edge. So I wanted to see him beat Hulk Hogan. And just that moment, they had a couple, they had a couple false finishes there where you thought the one guy was going to win and the other guy kicks out at the last second. It was such a great match. You know, people... People crap on the big guy wrestling from back in the 80s, how it was slow and a lot of rest holds and things like that. And that's that it is what it is. But 
Uh, you watch the psychology of that match. Those two put together a very good match. There was a lot of psychology there. There was a lot of ups and downs, ebb and flow to it. And, you know, when Ultimate Warrior finally pinned Hulk Hogan and Hulk handing over the belt to the Ultimate Warrior, and then they hug, and then the Warriors got the, both the Intercontinental Belt and the World Championship Belt on the rope with them hanging high in the air. Just It was just one of those moments I will never forget as a wrestling fan. And uh, just one of those great moments. But, uh, but you know, it wasn't even before that. There were some really cool moments when Ultimate Warrior uh, had his big rivalry with Ravishing Rick Rude. Because Ravishing Rick Rude, he didn't have the bulk that uh, Ultimate Warrior had. But he, you know, the guy was ripped. And uh, he just had that great gimmick. <laughs> you know, he was the ladies' man. I never understood it because he had that big Burt Reynolds mustache. Uh but, you know, uh, I've never been a mustache kind of guy. But I, I didn't see what the ladies saw in him. But at any rate, he had a great gimmick. And they had the the match between those two. And Roddy Piper comes out and distracts Ravishing Rick Rude by mooning him. And then the Ultimate Warrior, you know, gets the gets the pin and, and wins the Intercontinental Championship. Just another one of those great moments from, from a, a, you know, a handful of great wrestlers. Warrior, I, you know, I'm a huge Warrior fan. I'm not going to lie there. Roddy Piper is a guy that maybe I didn't appreciate him at the time, what he brought to the table. But uh, as I got older and realized, you know, he was he was playing the heel and he did it better than anybody else, uh, save maybe Ric Flair. But uh, it was just he's one of those guys that I just learned to appreciate as I got older. And uh, such a such a great character, such a great guy, a uh, great wrestler and a great gimmick. But uh, and Rick Rude as well, just three really big personalities and great characters in, in WWF, now WWE. Uh, that uh, that was that was another uh, incident that will always stick out in my mind. And of course, the Ultimate War uh, left WWE, came back, left, came back. But uh, but you know, he had some great moments. And, and one of the moments towards the end of his run in WWE, <laughs> which uh, I think this was uh, during his second run with the WWE, where he had the had the thing with uh, the Undertaker. Uh, where the Undertaker locks him in the casket. That was another uh, big, big moment I'll never forget. And Ultimate Warrior goes to Jake the Snake Roberts. And he wants to get some ideas how to deal with the dark side. And Jake's putting him through all these tests. And then takes him into this room that's full of snakes. And then you realize Jake is on the Undertaker's side. And he turns on, on Ultimate Warrior. That whole snake room scene was just bizarre. Because, uh, you know, you're used to on... Uh, WWF broadcast them doing the the promos they cut, and but you didn't really see too many of uh, the pre-recorded bits where they're acting like like legit acting trying to act out a story. Uh, I mean they did do that <clears throat> from time to time. I mean they did do that from time to time, but it just wasn't. Uh, it just seemed awkward. I guess is what uh, what I'm trying to say. And then of course before they had the big uh, Ultimate Warrior Jake the Snake match. Uh, Ultimate Warrior kind of holds up Vince, and uh, they don't get the uh, they get the match, and and it caused a lot of animosity between Ultimate Warrior and uh, Jake. More more on Jake's end, I think, because you know he was going to get a run at the guy with the title and make some big money for him and his family. But uh, but at any rate, 
uh, another big moment. And then, of course, I, one of the last things I remember about uh, Ultimate Warrior's run in the WWE, WWF, was the thing with Papa Shango. And that's where things started kind of getting a little hokey. I mean, this was later in his you know, his career. Uh, they started doing the Papa Shango had the uh, the voodoo and he's spitting up black sludge from in that that uh, I'm getting older and I'm like oh, this is this is starting to get a little ridiculous so that's kind of when uh, and then of course Ultimate Warrior was gone not long after that but uh, but they did a couple uh, a couple documentaries on the Ultimate War one was the Dark Side of the Ring documentary and then the A E biography and I got to watch them both this past week. The Dark Side of the Ring one was a little more sensational. Uh, it, you know, Ultimate Warrior's now wife and family was not involved with it. Uh, the WWE, for the most part, was not involved with it. Had a lot of ex-WWE guys talking. Eric Bischoff, Jake the Snake Roberts, uh, some some other guys. Ultimate Warrior's ex-wife was a part of it. And, and a lot of it was a lot of sensationalized things that uh, kind of painted Ultimate Warrior in a bad light. You had like, a lot of guys that, that didn't like him and, you know, they're kind of yeah, you know, talking talking crap on him. Uh, Jake Roberts. I think the most interesting thing about that uh, Vice of Becoming Warrior documentary was the Jake the Snake Roberts angle because Jake really went into the fact that you know he was about to make a big payday with Ultimate Warrior and 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 Jake was a guy they were. I don't know as if they were ever going to put the championship belt on him, but it would have been cool if they did. But he was the bad guy that made the other good guys look great you know he was a he was a, a great talker you know he didn't have the greatest build but he had this kind of uh, snake like uh, persona that uh, people you know he he could be just as bad as you want and he played such a great bad guy and it made the uh, the other top guys, the Hogans, the the Ultimate Warriors, the Macho Mans, they made them look like legit if they could go against Jake the Snake Roberts and, and beat him and just add validity to their title runs. But uh, Jake was going to make a lot of money with the Ultimate Warrior doing a, a run at his belt and uh, Ultimate Warrior tried to hold up the WWE and got fired because of it. And Jake's out you know, and it was just, it was tough luck on his part. And, and he held a lot of animosity and he kind of went over that throughout the course of this vice becoming warrior uh, documentary. And he kind of, it all culminates when warrior was uh, getting inducted into the WWE hall of fame. And Jake's talking about how, you know, he was there. I, I don't know how it, he said he was there with a, with a roll of nickels that he was going to knock him out or something like that. I don't know how, how much that is just a work or, or what, but but at any rate, uh, Ultimate Warrior comes up to him and he's ready to fight. You know, uh, Jake's ready to fight, and Warrior apologized for for what he did to him back then, uh, causing him to lose money and causing him to lose you know a spot at the the title and, and that sort of thing. And and Jake, you know, one of his final words is that uh, it disarmed him, and I think. It allowed Jake to kind of put to rest some of those those bad feelings, and uh, maybe not completely. I don't know, but uh, it maybe add a little closure because a couple days after that, Ultimate Warrior uh, tragically passed away uh, due to a heart attack uh, in Arizona. Just 
uh, such a such a sad turn of events and how you know guys like Jake he was lucky I know uh, well we'll get into get into some of the other people he made amends with but uh, uh, conversely uh, A&E did a biography which was much more extensive you really got to know you know where the the vice was just about sensationalized the ultimate warrior talking about the steroid use the extramarital affairs the you know the fact that he you know could be difficult to deal with they kind of went that route, whereas the A&E biography really started from Warrior's beginnings when he was little Jimmy Helwig growing up in Indiana and, you know, how he how he started out. He was a scrawny kid and his dad left their family and, you know, he got into to working out with a, you know, football coach and then that translated him getting interested in bodybuilding and how his bodybuilding led to uh, getting into professional wrestling and how he just he just wanted to be somebody that uh, people uh, respected, I think, more than anything. I think he was looking for respect that he never really got. You know, he didn't have a father figure to respect him uh, or that he could, you know, uh, do things to to earn his father's respect. Uh, You know, his family, after his father left, uh, didn't have much money. So he didn't feel like he got much respect from from the town he lived in or or the, the kids he went to school with, save, you know, his close friends. And, you know, I think it was a kind of a respect thing and that led him into bodybuilding and then into wrestling and, and then wanted to be the, be the top. And, uh, yeah, he, he could have been difficult to deal with. I think a, a lot of wrestlers like that, you know, can be difficult to deal with. You start to get an ego, start to believe your own hype. But uh, it kind of went all through that. And it went through, you know, uh, his wrestling career, the the highs and the lows. And, and kind of uh, you got some, some behind-the-scenes insight from his, his now wife, or, well, his uh, widow, and his two daughters, uh, some of the some of the people in the WWE that that, that knew him best, and of course, uh, it was just a really great insight into the man behind Warrior. Of course, Ultimate Warrior is a character. I know he did change his name to Warrior uh, later in life. Uh, you know, trying to to stick it to Vince and hope hopefully Vince wouldn't keep him from using that name. But uh, but you got to you got to know Jim Helwig, uh, the man. And uh, a, a little bit more and understand the psychology behind why he was the way he was and why he did the things he did. And, of course, it kind of goes into that uh, that WWE Hall of Fame ceremony where he made amends with Jake. He made amends with Hulk Hogan because the ultimate word got into a little. He got some heat there later in his life because, you know, he put out uh, WWE put out a, a hit piece the uh, uh, self-destruction of the Ultimate Warrior. And, uh, you know, Ultimate Warrior was not happy about that. And rightfully so. Uh, and he said some things about certain people, wrestlers and things like that. They said things about him. Uh, it was just an ugly situation. Uh, he said things as a... Uh, he tried to be a, become a motiva- motivational speaker and said some unsavory things that I, I think he regretted after the fact. Uh, I know his wife really seemed upset that he that he said the things that he said when she was talking about it. So you know the guy, you know he had his demons, he had you know he had his vices, he had his hangups. Uh, you know, was he the uh, a perfect angel? Was he a saint? No, but I don't think he was a bad guy. And uh, I think he tried to make amends uh, with a lot of that later in his life. There's a scene where he's you know apologizing to Hulk Hogan. 
for the things he said. And, you know, those two hugged it out and told each other they loved each other and that sort of thing. And and it was just a, it was a sweet moment. And then to see uh, Dana Warrior, his, uh, his widow, uh, talking about how, you know, how happy he was after being inducted in the WWE Hall of Fame, be able to finally come home uh, to to where, you know, he kind of became the ultimate warrior. Uh, and then, you know, they're, they're planning a little vacation after that. And they were going uh, to a hotel and he, he died of a heart attack. And just hearing her tell that story was just, it, it, it was heartbreaking uh, to hear her talk about how, you know, they, they just couldn't revive him. And it, it, for me personally, you know, we're going to get a little personal right here. Uh, I always said uh, this podcast is a revelation of all things food apocalypse now, and and that is me. Food apocalypse now is me. And I uh, I had a friend who passed away, a guy I worked with. Uh, we became, I, I think, pretty close friends. Uh, you know, we could have been closer. But uh, but he moved on to, to work in another radio station. And, and one day his wife called the, the station and, and they gathered everybody around and she said he had a heart attack and they tried the best they could, but they couldn't revive him. And, and he was gone. And that hit me hard. And just watching that scene with Dana Warrior talking about the Ultimate Warrior that same way just brought up a lot of emotions. Uh, it, it's one of those things where, you know, I'm not in the best shape um, you know, I, I don't want my wife to have to tell that same story. And, you know, it, you know, you, you get to the end of that Annie biography on the ultimate war. And if you're not a little, uh, if you got a dry eye still, you, you've got to reevaluate what touches your soul because it was just very emotional and very eye-opening, you know. Uh, I need to make some changes uh, to be better myself, and I think I think that's that's what the Ultimate Warrior wanted to do. He wanted to inspire people. I think in, in the end, uh, I think he just wanted to inspire people, and it inspired me to to be better. You know, to, I, I don't want my wife to go with through what his wife went through, and uh, and so I need to I need to do better. I need to be better, not. Uh, you know, not sit around so much making podcasts, although I am going to do that. I'm not going to stop doing that. But uh, when I'm not making podcasts or videos uh, or writing blogs uh, or working, I am going to start uh, getting up, moving, and uh, try try to try to be a little healthier. Uh, because like I said, I don't want my wife to go through what he did or his wife did so or my friend's wife. Uh, you know, so I, I'm... Uh, you know, it's, I'm glad that I got a chance to watch these two documentaries. It was a, uh, it was really interesting. It was eye-opening. The perspectives you can have different perspectives on the same person. One kind of maybe not vilifying him, but kind of not painting him in the best light, and the other showing the the warts and the bad spots and the the demons and that sort of thing, but really getting into what made the man, and that uh, you know, in the end. Uh, you know, he maybe wasn't as bad as people uh, perceived him to be. And I hope, hopefully, uh, hopefully that's the story that I'll have one day that uh, maybe, maybe I wasn't as bad as I was perceived to be. I hope nobody perceives me as bad. Who knows? Who knows what anybody thinks? But really interesting. If you like wrestling, I encourage everyone, uh, check out both. Uh, the Dark Side of the Rings got some really interesting uh, stuff. Uh, like I said, I wasn't a big fan of the Ultimate Warrior one they did. Uh, 
but it wasn't horrible. It wasn't as it wasn't as big of a hit piece as I thought it could have been. So so I was glad for that. And then the A and E biography on Ultimate War is really good. And the other ones that I've seen, uh, I've just really enjoyed. The Roddy Piper one was really good. Uh, I've got the Stone Cold Steve Austin one taped. Um, looking forward to watching that. The Macho Man there again. That was a little more sensationalized. Really kind of delved into some of the darker aspects of his life, especially later on. Uh, in his career, uh, which uh, it was some unsavory stuff that I didn't really care about watching, but but it was still for the most part fairly good. The early stuff about his career in the WWE and and growing up was was kind of interesting. You know, hearing his mom talking about him was kind of cool. So that was very good. Looking forward to more of these. I didn't get to. I've got to. I got to tape the Booker T one. I thought I was trying to tape it and there's something screwed up, and so I got to. I want to watch that one as well. But uh, they got. I think they got a Mick Foley one coming up. Or maybe not. Who else? Who else are they doing? I can't remember. But at any rate, check it out. The Annie Biography Series on the WWE wrestlers. If you're, if you're into wrestling uh, or just inter- into interesting characters. I mean, these, these guys live lives that, that you know, aside from wrestling, uh, if you take that completely out of the equation, they travel so many days out of the year. They act these characters. They bring these characters to life. Uh, they've most all of them have lived amazing lives where they've traveled the world and done so many amazing things. Just just from a sheer character standpoint, uh, it's interesting to find out about the people behind these uh, these wrestlers. And I I've enjoyed it, and hopefully you will too. Hopefully you enjoyed listening to me ramble on about uh, Ultimate Warrior and professional wrestling uh, like i said uh, check all that out and you can check out more of foodpocalypse now at foodpocalypsenow.com you can also check out our youtube channel the snack attack video series like i've uh, said before we're working on some new things get the podcast get the blog all of that like it follow it subscribe facebook instagram all that jazz you know where it's at you are technically savvy you you keep your finger on the pulse of what the kids are doing these days so uh, you know what to do. Follow, share, like, all that jazz. And uh, until next time, you've been listening to a revelation of all things Food Apocalypse Now.